And we're back. Finally, it's been a wee little minute. Um, you know, uh, for those that don't know, Sydney's been in lockdown, which was originally meant to be for two weeks, uh, which ended up being a month and then a second month. And uh, we've been told that it will end on the 18th of October. But uh, I don't hold my breath. I'm, I'm still waiting to see if that actually happens. Um, look, uh, today I, I, I will just mention, um, you know, I'm, I'm very privileged to have the guest that uh, I have on today. Um, I was hoping to have him in studio, but since we're currently in lockdown, um, unfortunately I can't. Um, I will just mention that if we do need to uh, mention anything revolving around the topic of... Uh, I don't even want to say it. We, we're not allowed to name Mexican beers. Um, the reason being is um, YouTube like to uh, delete videos and also give you a strike if you do. So I guess if we do need to talk about a certain topic, um, my, my, my guest today is um, originally from Italy. So I guess we'll choose the, uh, we'll, we'll call it the Peroni, um, just to make <laughs> it easy. Um, but look, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm very privileged to, to have today's guest on. He's got a wealth of experience when it comes to the world of MMA. Um, he's, you know, uh, got a pro record of uh, two and zero. Uh, I've been told it should be three. Uh, I'm sure we'll find out why. Um, I put a call out uh, a couple of weeks ago for potential guests to come on, on, on the podcast. And uh, not only did he step up to the plate, I, I, the reason I wanted to get him on straight away is that he actually had quite a few other people request that I get him on. So uh, by all means, he, he's a very popular guy. Um, he is the head coach of the IMAF Australia team. He's the head coach of um, the family fight team. He's also the youth uh, development or progression program um, director for IMAF. Um, and he's also the head coach from the USC gym out at Rockdale. Um, uh, I mean, I might as well just bring him on. Um, he goes by the name of Renato uh, Sobotic. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Um, how have oh, you been? Yeah. How have you been? And uh, yeah, how, how, how have you been surviving lockdown? Look, honestly, uh, yeah, like you say, we were supposed to be one month, one month in lockdown, two months, and now let's see what's going to happen uh, on the 16th of October, if we're going to go back uh, kind of on normal life. Honestly, uh, uh, was uh, like I always try to find uh, the positive things of, uh, of the situations, and uh, I kind of use this time to focus on uh, other things. Who knows me like MMA it's really 90% of my time and uh, I, I, I kind of use this extra time I was having now to focus and study other things of course related to the sport but not only uh, like yeah so I try to keep myself busy as I can yeah and so how do you feel like I mean for, first of all I guess um from a coach's perspective, like how how has the lockdown affected you? And also, do you feel like it's going to have some real effects on especially our homegrown talent? And and I guess what I mean by that is I've seen a lot of like fighters now take their camps overseas, right? So, um, yeah. I mean, four of my past guests, you've got um, Antonio Caruso. He, he obviously went to Florida um you know arlene had a fight over over in the states and by all means she's still stuck over there 
Um, yeah. Charles Joyner just went to the UK. Um, and I believe also uh, Janae Harding, who, Janae. Who, who, who you're the head coach from, she's obviously um, packed up her bags. Um, I, I, I see that she sold her motorcycle, which I was a little upset about. Yeah. Um, and, and she packed <laughs> her bags and she's now in San Diego. So and I, and I get it because they're obviously open where, you know, we're we're shut. But like, how do you feel like uh, long and short term? How do you feel like it's going to affect uh, the MMA scene here in Australia? That's an interesting question. I think uh, um, it's it's going to affect for sure because uh, not only in regards uh, of you know other country are keep training, uh, training hard, being active, and uh, you know competing, etc. But as well mentally, because uh, the point is uh, we still don't know uh, if we're gonna go back uh, to kind of a normal life on the uh, 16th of October. But probably it's gonna be some restrictions, some li limitation, and uh, you can training, but you can't have contact. It's gonna be um, kind of a jungle again, you know. And uh, I feel like you know this COVID situation have hit globally, and uh, we need to start treating these things like you know uh something we have we have to live with uh, uh since uh, since uh, you know forever and uh yeah about uh janae janae uh, we spoke about uh and uh i just recommend her look uh, doesn't make sense you've been here and uh, you know you can work some parts you can do some straight conditioning but you need to for MMA, you need to work uh, with people. You need to, uh, you know, uh, interact and everything uh, to keep yourself active because you never know. Can be a call for from a short notice for Bellator, and you need to be ready and to go. So yeah, we decided to um, uh, to move uh, the camp now in uh, in uh, San Diego, in California, and uh, once things go back to normal, uh, she will be here with us with the family fight team etc and so how does that work say she gets a, a call up or a short notice fight has she uh, obviously for this time been moved camps or if she does get a fight will you be packing your bags and heading over there as well yeah i will always uh, follow my athlete uh, no matter where and no matter what is the circumstance because i think as a coach this is the first commitment you know um janae is a uh, an extremely talented athlete. Uh, I start work with her uh, one years ago, and uh, I have to be honest. Like her, um, uh, she makes look easy. Like she, she makes looks almost from her social media. She looks like she's training, but doesn't transfer uh, what's what's going on for real. Like we work uh, really really hard for the last two camps focusing mainly on the area where uh, she um, kind of uh, uh, have to improve and uh, she have improved a lot and i think uh, we saw through her fights the last fight was uh, a little bit unlucky things completely went uh, uh, the way we planned and uh, we knew uh, i knew uh, her opponent from the she was imaf world champion so i actually was there when she won uh, the imaf world title and i knew her opponent would be pretty good on the cage wrestling she was a judo black belt so we we prepared the camp and we read uh, the fight completely just you know uh, she get caught from an up kick and 
you can training how much you want, but uh, it's not like we have like Monday session dedicated on up kicks and things like that. So, you know, it things unfortunately happen. This is the beauty of MMA, it's unpredictable. But actually I was so proud of, of her and that fight. You know, we, we are, I'm really critical and, and uh, she is really critical of herself too. But we straight away went back on track training and find like uh, uh, where we need to improve because it's always about where we need to improve. And uh, yeah, uh, next time we're going to be ready for, for some up kicks too, <laughs> if they come on our way. Yeah. So just talking on that though, how, how hard is it to like take a loss like that? Because I, I remember after that fight, oh, you obviously did send me that video and I, I believe you've now posted because at the time you weren't sure if you were allowed to post it with the Bellator footage. Yeah. Um, but you you sent me that video uh, which basically shows the um, the the things you were going through um, during during training and also uh, back uh, backstage when you were warming up and, and then obviously yeah. seeing it progressing that fight it actually as you say it was kind of really working in your favor everything you guys were kind of uh exactly. uh training for it was happening but then something yeah. like that happens how how hard is that to deal with is it a is it a point of that you just go well here are the positives and let's just forget about the result or or does that result still kind of hang on you a little bit no, the result, uh, like, look, uh, as I say at the start, even through the lockdown, etc., I'm a positive person. I try to, uh, I think to move forward, you can't be stuck on, uh, on uh, like the negative side of the things. You know, you need to uh, understand oh, the first impact was, was, was tough because uh, like uh, even uh, uh, for this camp, she even training harder than the first fight when... Uh, uh, actually, the first fight was, in my opinion, harder than that one because no one expected Janae would be able to uh, to kind of handle it, the wrestling of her opponent, and she was a black belt as well. And we completely dominate her on the ground and on the wrestling side, and Janae almost finished her on the third round. So, was uh, uh, look, this girl is really talented, and uh, and. Uh, I think uh, I treat this sport for me. MMA is like going to university, and uh, uh, I dedicate my last uh, 12, 10 years on this sport. And for me, it's like uh, uh, people are going study, investing money, investing time, and I see this sport uh, as a as a professor. This is what I like to to see. For me, it's so the. The sides, the unpredictable sides is the fascinating sides where uh, you never know what's going to happen. You know, someone can, we see lately in the last UFC cards, uh, most of the underdog uh, have won some incredible fights and won dominating the fights. So you never can know, you know, what's going on on the background and everything. But I like to, um, so for example, uh, like uh, who knows me knows I'm a little bit crazy about, but uh, uh, my weekends and I'm, I'm passing between Bellator, I'm finishing watching UFC and sometimes I'm finishing some streaming in Russia, watching some fights and I'm there with my book, still old school, and uh, try to get like uh, the statistic, you know, because uh, uh, statistic, what works uh, and what we, because the beauty of MMA and the, the things I love the most, it's MMA is evolving constantly constantly 
For example, we just saw the progression uh, of the uh, leg locks in MMA and uh, we see how effective they are and how um, now the game have changed again, evolving and adapting again. So you need to keep yourself updated, like it's so important. And most of the time as a coach, you know, some, sometimes you feel like, uh, okay, you need kind of step back because some things uh, are too advanced for the moment. So it's just, you know, some, sometimes uh, one, one thing uh, you need to keep in mind uh, when, you, when your fighters like uh, are starting competing, not on the high level, because it's a big difference prepare a fighter for a high level competition when an opponent, when he know exactly how to move in a certain dynamic and prepare a fighter who maybe uh, fight some guy who is his first experience, his reaction is uh, instinctive and sometimes out of the rules, uh, like, uh, you know, like uh, you're going to say, like how he react in that way, because it's still that, uh, that, uh, that kind of unpredictable attitude, you know, where he's surviving mode, try to um, make his way back on the feet or, or he's going to scramble in some crazy way. So it's important. Uh, even in the camp, when you prepare someone in his first fight, like maybe uh, in the local event, etc., being able to reproduce some scenario, you're gonna say, why are you coaching him them for this if you know it's not working that way? Because trust me, it will happen, <laughs> and we see quite often. You know. So you mentioned obviously you watch watch a lot of MMA. Um, yeah. Uh, going going back to 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 fight camp, are you the type of coach that then like say you're given an opponent? Um, yeah. Do you, do you um, like what what's the kind of split? Is it fifty fifty or or, or eighty twenty? Um, in the sense of do you you get opponent? Do you go study tape on that opponent and really? Because I know some people really concentrate on that to formulate a game plan. Where other other yeah. people sit on the side and they're like, "Look, we're not worried about what our opponent can do because we're going to concentrate our camp on what our fighter can do." Right. So, what what's your kind of approach to that? Okay, that, that's uh, uh, and I'm gonna give you an interesting answer on that. I like to study the tape for one reason because. Uh, um, uh, Every opponent has some uh, uh, sort of, uh, um, uh, he does some habitual things, right? Some things uh, you can change uh, during the camp, you know, but some natural things, some natural reactions. So, for example, I sometimes like to go on the tape and, uh, for example, when someone gets hit in a certain way, seeing his reaction in that way, and these things doesn't change, you know, for example, it's the attitude someone have, you know, you've seen it in a lot of high level fighters, they get hit and they straight away coming back swinging, you know, and this is some natural things doesn't change because people uh, 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 sometimes they forget, like you get ready for the opponent, but his team and him is get ready for you too. So that's the interesting part of the game. You know, you need uh, in a, some part of the camp being able to predict war they are get ready to you know um, i'm i'm making example with janae like if i have to be uh, uh the other in the other sides of the table and being the coach of her opponent uh looking her previously fight i will say okay i will try to pin her on the cage take her down you know work but 
seen when she fought uh, 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 her last two fights, uh, she's completely dominant on the cage and on the grappling side. So that's uh, uh, kind of, uh, you know, now uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one, you know. So this is what uh, I think makes the difference. So it's so important. So having the tape and having the technology and not use it, this means uh, you're just uh, missing a part, you know. And of course, uh, it's so important in certain fight, uh, uh, being able to, in certain fights and in certain fighters, being able to be the one who dictate that game, you know, and, uh, and make other, the other follow you and try to force him to do what you want. You know? So I think uh, you need to be uh, adaptable and you need to, be, to adapt yourself uh, in uh, uh, both circumstances. Fair play. No, and I guess that's why I asked because, as you just said, like you want to study the tape, but then if anyone studied yeah. tape on Janae, she's totally changed as a fighter. So would you be kind of wasting your yeah. time studying the tape on Janae because they could be a totally yeah. different fighter, right? Yeah, and uh, one thing you sh you seen, for example, Russian fighter are really good on like day MMA. It's pretty pretty standard, you know they they. They put the pressure, they faint, they change level, and they work the way on the ground and try to dominate the fight. And you know, and uh, uh, that game, uh, uh, I think uh, I, I I for sure know and look for example one championship etc. It's different because the way they judge uh, the, the, the judge the fight is different, and having the knee on the floor, it's completely changed the way you. You can uh, you can work on your game. So play on the rules. It's important. So I know some people. Most of the of the uh, fan of MMA, they like an extremely explosive, dynamic, striking fight where you know it's so much going on. But uh, at the end of the day, what's mean is win the fight. So you need to uh, understand what is the rule. You need to play on the rules. And uh, sometimes I don't like it. Uh, as well, but uh, I understand why they're doing that because it's effective in the in the game, you know. So talking about rule sets, like what do you, what do you prefer? Because obviously um, you've got organizations like One Championship that are different yeah. with 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 the grounded opponent and things like that. And also, I guess yeah. they're they're a little different on how they judge a fight too, right? Um, do you, do you have a preference? Like, do you prefer to have it like a one championship where it is a little more open and free flowing, or do you, do you like yeah. the whole point system? So I think uh, I, I've uh, I've thinking thinking about many times about the rules, etc. And I look, I, I, I feel in my in my opinion like uh, uh, judging the fight completely makes more sense. I explain you why. How many times you see the fight of someone completely uh, strategize the round and win the first round, win the second round, and the third round try just to survive and 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 he win by point. I think, you know, we uh, we all love mixed martial arts because you want to know who is the better fighter and who is the strongest and toughest one, you know? So I think, in my opinion, in the future, um, having kind of complexity judge of the fight and say like the third round in my opinion or, or the five round fights should be more relevant than others because if uh, on the third round on the fifth or on the fifth round 
the fighter who was losing, uh, he's almost finished his opponent or, or the other one is completely gassed out. That's, you know, you're always going to have in your mind what will happen if it was one more round or another one. So uh, in my perspective, sometimes, you know, uh, but the point is, is our job as coaches and our job as a fighters uh, adapt yourself from the game. So if the if the rules are like this, you know, we need to play on the rules and and we need to win uh, round by round. And uh, I always say uh, to my fighters, uh, the submission or the knockout it's coming if you do the right things and you execute the plan. But your goal is always win by point. So if I my goal is okay, I'm gonna work my striking. I, I'm gonna use my feint to find the opening and and uh, find my way uh, on the feet, etc. And you do the right things, you're gonna finish him if you uh, if you are able to. If not, in the worst scenario, you're gonna win on points. So you need to kind of uh, um, you know have in mind that's the rules and that's what we need to follow. Talking about having one extra round, do you th- do you feel that um, we should? have more five round fights like i know obviously the ufc any main event is a five round fight and any title fight is a five round fight with exception the last diaz fight that was just a five round fight because it was a diaz fight um but but do you feel like there should uh, and i know we can't make them all five round fights because a six hour card would now be 18 hours long right so you you really can't but I guess my, my, my questioning with it is I I would like to see, I guess, the main and the co-main on all cards be five-rounders. And, and my reasoning behind yeah. that, obviously, what you said, just one more round would be nice. Um, but I also find that when you've had like a long-standing champion who is used to the five rounds, and then, yeah. you, then you have a title challenger who obviously challenges for the first time. And until that point, they've only ever had three round fights all of a sudden like all the uh, eggs in the basket are in the champion's hands because he's used to those extra two rounds would you like to see more five round fights look uh, i think uh, and uh, like this uh, question uh, like uh, i was actually reading an interview of justin gaethje he had a fight with chandler and uh, they asked him like uh, why his fight is not five rounds and he say because uh, I get paid the same, but I just get more brand damage doing five rounds. I think uh, uh, the problem is uh, in, in, in money-wise. Like, uh, I think should UFC should put, and every promotion should put uh, some extra bonus if you are doing a five-rounds uh, uh, fight, because the preparation are different. Uh, of course, the damage you get uh, are different. Uh, we all know that. So I think that's the main problem. We all want to see an exciting fighter, but uh, it's an important like understand what we even can do to um, how many fighters have come out. Look, for example, uh, 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 Robbie Lawler, Ronald McDonald, uh, the fight. They both have done an amazing fight who gonna always stay in our mind in the history, but uh, both of them after that fight uh, was completely different fighters, you know. You get in some points like where mentally, and this is why we hear this a lot in our gyms, like MMA is 80% mind game and the mental game. You sometimes get in some points where, you know, uh, 
it's hard to get back. So I like the five rounds fight, but I understand uh, why um, it's not like that uh, common, you know, like even say, okay, it's this amazing uh, uh, preliminary uh, fight uh, should be five. We watched, but give them some incentive, like say, okay, it's 20K more for two extra rounds, you know? Uh, yeah, people and fighter will be more keen to do that. Now, once again, and, and you just brought something up that um, I hear all the time and, and uh, actually uh, a month or two back uh, on Clubhouse, there was a, a, a massive debate about that 80% mental. Um, yeah. Because you hear a lot of athletes and they, they do say it's 80% mental. Some even say yeah. 90% mental and, and 20% yeah. physical. What is your take on that? It, do, you, do you think um, it is really those figures or do you, do, you, do you think it is more sort of 50-50, 60-40? Like, I, I guess in, in a sense, as a coach, would you prefer, um, say someone walks into your gym, would you prefer them to be headstrong with no skill at all? Or would you prefer them to walk into your gym and they're very skillful already but they're weak in the mind. Uh, oh, look, uh, I think as a coach, you need to be able to uh, adapt your work with a different person who has come across your way. You know, I have uh, some an amazing, talented athlete. Like, uh, I don't know if you hear, uh, for example, I can look at the moment, like uh, in terms of competitor, I have... Uh, between amateur and pro, a roster of around 30 fighters who compete. So, um, and everyone is different. You have some similarity, uh, like uh, uh, people who are more talented, but you need to understand the approach. And you need to understand even uh, the moment when some athlete is getting through, because an 18 years old confident fighter is completely different than a 30 years old fighter who you know, have been through some things and uh, in life and in sport. So, look, uh, I think uh, the percentage, it is mentally, and I explain you why, uh, like, in my opinion, 70, 80% mentally, because when you work harder and you know you're well-deserved and you have done everything in your power to be the better fighter, this is where you feel safe in your mind and, uh, and, you, and you feel confident is a lot of fighters, they know they didn't push through to, to the camp how they should. And uh, you can tell, at the end of the day, you almost feel who deserves the most. You know, sometimes, you know, this sport is, it's, it's, uh, it's unpredictable. Yeah. But uh, you, it's give you that more like um, confidence when you know you have training hard and uh, you, you deserve it. You've been through hell to get there. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, that's, I think is in the coach able to, to take the talent athlete and uh, put him uh, in and stimulate him because uh, you can't, you can't treat everyone the same. You need to, so I, I try to explain that the game, uh, my game who I give to the beginner who the fighters who they just start competing, it's almost uh, the same with a small adjustment because for win the fights, you need to do that, okay? You need to be able to have this criteria. You need to be able to 
to to stand up uh, uh, in any circumstance with your opponent you need to be able to take someone down because if you say okay i love striking and uh, i i i want to bang and stand but how many times you see someone an amazing striker in mma it's uh, no one because uh, they can't defend one takedown so you need to be comfortable in every area and this is where you see the best uh, striker in mma when they take uh, their takedown defense uh, they work on the scramble the cage wrestling is amazing they are able and free to uh, to work their striking and and show the best version you know so yeah that's uh, uh, what i think and uh, i have uh, some great talent coming up actually uh, coming now on my mind like is an 18 years old guy tito carla he's an amazing grappler he actually grappler with uh, uh, with some of uh, the best uh, uh, even ufc fighters and he was 17 16 and and he he won and he have his uh, amateur debut uh, he was uh, against a guy three and one uh, with 20 kilo heavier and this is another thing uh, i want to say um, in my opinion some coaches because they really care about their student they try to uh, give them uh, the right fights you know and uh, so amateur and pro are different things is it's almost it's similar sport but it's like different you know and uh, when you're amateur so every amateur should be ready in every aspect and i seen amateur for me one fight and ten amateur fights uh, i treat them the same why uh, i seen often uh, like oh do you have some fighters yes what his record ah no do you have someone no like i almost i'm like i think all my fighters have always fight with a guy or opponent with uh, a positive score better than them you know because uh, amateur you need to get through the adversity you need uh, like almost win or lose for me is not what's matter you need to put yourself in the most uncomfortable situation so you can grow and you understand okay i want to turn pro i'm 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 ready now because if you didn't face that adversity at the end of the day you you know who you have fought you know who where you have uh, been through and at the end of the day you pay that you know and uh, so and pro is different because when i say mma professional you are a pro so you should be um uh like that's the hard part but should be almost your profession but we know mma sadly it's really hard uh, hard sport and that a lot of fighters are working study and and training five six hours per day so that's that's a hard one so when it comes to um mma as well do you is, is it safe to say it's better to be a jack of all trades than a master of one uh i think uh, and this is what uh, what we are working now with the youth development program is i think mma now is in a sport himself of course it's an important like uh, the how can I say um you have uh, like your background okay uh, if you have your background this is because wasn't any kind of uh, um, program to prepare you like but mma is in a sport himself the way like uh, you can be an amazing jiu-jitsu uh, fighter and uh, uh, 
when you start working with someone who is brand and pound you etc things change completely you know and uh, so this is why i think uh, the uh, youth uh, uh, development program will be uh, the revolution in mma because bringing kids from five years old to 17 it's like 10 year program and uh, find themselves like okay single leg double leg and being able to get a dominant position and get this mindset is where you see the russian dominating the game you know through sambo who is actually an mma they already like uh, doing that for 10 years and it's a it's a it's big difference when you put 10 years practicing one things and uh, maybe he was doing wrestling jiu-jitsu or striking and try to implement other things so i think that's that's the big change you know treating mma as a sport himself and how hard is it to deal with with these fighters on a personal level like um i guess you know like you have uh, and I and I know some of the guys at the gym as well, and they train twenty four seven. And and sometimes I guess in a sense you even got to try to tell them, listen, your body needs time to recover as well, right? Like, because yeah. I yeah, as I say, I, I know guys that if they're not at the gym, they're running. If they're not running, they're they're doing extra work here, and and it just keeps going. And but then you've on the flip side of that, you 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 have these fighters that you really have to, I guess. Um, push like listen you need to do a little more from a coach's perspective which one do you find is harder to deal with like is it harder to tell uh i don't even know what to call them a proactive fighter to slow down or or say a lazy fighter to to pick it up a little which which one's harder to deal with i think the environment makes the fighter so for example in my environment the lazy fighter can't be uh, can be there because uh, uh, you find yourself uncomfortable, like you see everyone work harder, uh, uh, putting uh, everything on the line to be in the gym. Like, uh, I don't know uh, if uh, I told you, but uh, my classes, my pro classes are completely free because uh, I know the struggle are going through fighters and I know how hard it is even to to pay the rent uh, at the end of the week. and. Uh, uh, this is why I'm always on the sides of the fighters and I'm always there to help them, not only in the, uh, in the skills uh, uh, MMA section, but in the personal life because, um, you know, uh, I've been through that. I've been like, uh, you ask yourself what I'm doing that and, uh, and all of these things. So this is why I'm doing that for free uh, because uh, uh, in this way, you as well show, I know I, I can do it because I'm, I'm lucky and I'm blessed and I, I work my ass off to be in the position I am, like uh, nothing was given to me. Um, I, I opened my gym uh, 10 years ago in Italy uh, because there uh, wasn't nothing around me. I wanted to compete. I opened almost uh, uh, for the reason to, to training myself and have some partners because I was traveling one hour and a half to go in Slovenia and training jiu-jitsu. I was traveling one hour and a half uh, in north of Italy in between mountains to do wrestling. And uh, it was hard, you know. And uh, uh, I was working in Ikea, woke up at 3 a.m. At 4, I was uh, working. And so I decided to open this gym. The point, like, uh, and where was the turning point was... uh, uh, I, I have my amateur fight, my pro fights, and things was going great. But uh, 
I started to really feeling like people around me need my help and, and, and some great fighter was coming up. Like for example, Marvin Vettori was coming to training at my gym, Danilo Baluardo, UFC fighter. And at some point my gym was, uh, was located in a village of 4,000 people and I was having 450 students, it was massive, it was uh, something uh, like all the city around uh, and that city was just talking about MMA, soccer, tennis, volleyball, nothing was existing anymore, just MMA. And, and I start to understand like, um, maybe I think one of the reasons I, I become the coach I am because uh, I, I didn't really have someone who was uh, looking after me, so I really overlook about my fighters, about everything. I, I, they, if they miss something, this means I, I, I'm failing as a coach. So this is why I put uh, everything I have on the line, you know? And so with, uh, with, with, with the uh, pro as well, when, when's a good time for a fighter to turn pro? Um, do you, do you, when, as a coach, like, do you assess it on a skill-based? Um, do, you, do you take age into consideration? Um, I don't know. Do you do you take a record into consideration? Like if someone's had five and zero no. amateur, or what, what? What are the sort of decisions you you make in your mind before telling one of your fighters to turn pro? Okay, the amateur record means nothing in my opinion. I have seen amateur record like with uh, uh, I don't know four loss, two win, and turn pro and being such a, a great uh, pro fighter with. Uh, seven two or, or or even better. Uh, I think uh, it's so important uh, uh, the personal uh, personal growth. You know, uh, a lot of uh, uh, eighteen years old uh, kids now, uh, young men, are almost more developed than than than, than me <laughs> physically, and they are such a great athletes and. I think you as a coach need to recognize what the fighters need because one of the reasons MMA is really important for a lot of people is because it's an addiction. And uh, it's an addiction because uh, it's something really strong. And a lot of uh, uh, kids, a lot of uh, uh, people, they need something strong to keep them uh, active and keep them focused. You know, and MMA doesn't uh, uh, let you turn uh, in other way. You know, because if you don't training, a guy who was behind you and maybe he's just turned 16, 17, is kicking your ass. So you need to put yourself on the line and you can't like uh, um, uh, go backwards. You need to keep working. So this is uh, why MMA, in my opinion, is really important. I think Dana White said say once on the interview, like putting one room, two people doing baskets, two people doing uh, okay and and soccer and put in the darkest corner two people who are punching each other, who everyone was look, gonna look at. And that's how human, and this is all my study as well, like I'm working on, it's a lot of about hormones, a lot about uh, instincts, a lot about like, uh, you know, primitive instincts. Uh, and uh, of course we are human uh, and, and things like that, but uh, we need to understand, you're gonna see a lot of, things related in the sport of MMA, who for me, I'm telling you, I'm treating his professor as a university, the primitive sides. And if, if you've seen the animal world, you've seen almost like some similarity, you know, because 
been the dominant one in the fight. I think I was reading that study about uh, uh, even the level of testosterone of fighters when they win a competition and when they lose, you know, it's uh, like uh, uh, some crazy study about and uh, I think it's interesting because uh, and and you can see often, you know, the calm guy, the one who know where the, the dominant one and been able to impose the game. And uh, I think this is why I love this sport because uh, it's not only about uh, uh, the skills, what you can bring on the table of tournament technique, it's all uh, other aspects need to be uh, looked look for, you know. Now, you also mentioned, you know, having a 16-year-old kick your butt. Um, and obviously, uh, as I mentioned in the intro, that um, you're heavily involved with IMAF Australia. Um, yeah, you're, yeah. you're one of the head coaches, but you also do the, um, the youth uh, progression program. Um, yeah. You know, what, what's a good sort of uh, age for people to start considering walking into an MMA gym? Because, I mean, on, on one token, I guess, you know, you've got to be concerned. As you say, it's an unforgiving sport. Um, yeah. you know, there is head trauma and, and, and things like that. And, and so I, my, my assumption would be like by starting too early, you're not allowing uh, a child, I guess, uh, to develop yeah. and, and you're already like putting him into harm's way. But on the same token, if you leave it too late, right. And then you yeah. have some kid that has been doing it all his life as you say, you're going to get beat up by a 16 year old, right? So yeah. in, in, in your professional opinion, and also, I guess what you do with IMAF, what, what do you think is like a good kind of, um, as I say, age to start in, in the world of mixed martial arts? So you already answered the question, uh, explaining that, and you understand the reason why the youth progression program, it's, uh, it's born. It's uh, a safe environment for uh, five years old kids to uh, 17 years old kids to come to the gym. So it's a lot of things uh, uh, me uh, and the president, Richie Cranny have worked on to try to make, uh, uh, we, we felt straight away when we have uh, get in touch, like it's in MMA, it's missing something and it's all these things, you know, for example, the sense of the achievement, like when you walk, for example, in the Jiu Jitsu gym and you see a black belt in front of you, you feel like, oh, that's somewhere I want to point on. But MMA, it's kind of, uh, you don't understand really what's going on, you know? So, and it's nothing before, it's just about the cage, etc. This is why, for example, in the progression program, we have a, a Polish check for the coaches. So you need, uh, uh, like, if uh, uh, let's break a taboo, that's the reality. When parents, Maybe they want to bring the, the kids in a sport and the kids love MMA. They say, you're not going to go doing MMA because it's a violent sport. Look there, uh, the, the attitude, the cage is already making kind of scary. So, for example, we have, uh, as I say, like the police check, police check for the coaches. We have uh, a, um, a mental health plan uh, where uh, we are working with... Um, uh, with psychologists and we're going to have a specific number and uh, psychologists uh, who works with kids, etc. We have the math-based competition. So when you start competing, you don't have, uh, uh, like you say, head trauma because you don't, you can't, uh, uh, it's illegal for a uh, younger of 18 years old uh, getting 
punching the head in MMA. So it's all limited rules. So it's going to be a progression. Once you're getting better and better and better, you can do some sort of submission. You can, uh, you know, and to come to the IMF, who is the International MMA Federation, who's working for the Olympic, etc. It's a big process, big topic there. We don't even open this area. It's going to be uh, uh, too much. But uh, uh, the, the, the point is like you want uh, uh, your kids to get in the sport safe, progress. And once he come to this famous 16, 17 years old, say, okay, now I, I'm, I'm ready to 18 years old, step in the cage and, and work my way, amateur pro, etc. You know, this is going to make big difference in the future. And like even with, with IMAF, IMAF is still relatively new here in Australia. I know Richie Granny, he yeah. was a past guest and, and, and it is pretty new. Um, but I also know you were dealing with IMAF when you were still back in Italy also, right? Italy, so yeah. Um, yeah. In, in, in your kind of theory, what, what, um, in what space does IMAF kind of sit, right? Like what is the whole reasoning, I guess, for, for an organization like IMAF um, and, and the importance, I guess, in the MMA space? Like uh, it's uh, uh, it's crucial the importance of IMF because uh, 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 like one thing I'm surprised like and I was surprised when I came to Australia it's seen how uh, I was the one at the start like I was saying like uh, try to I reached to, uh, to Richie and we started talking about and Richie is uh, uh, like I, I think I'm crazy for MMA Richie is uh, probably crazier than me and he's really working hard, putting like all his time uh, uh, to, uh, to, to make this sport uh, uh, grow in Australia in the best way. And I was surprised, I said like IMAF like wasn't almost, was almost not existing in Australia when in the other country it's the, for example, in Italy and it's similar. And I think this will happen in Australia. I kind of seen these things uh, uh, in, in Italy, in Europe before, like was kind of multiple federation in, in Italy, but at some point, like uh, uh, the only federation, uh, like uh, the FIGMA was the uh, federation Italia grappling MMA, have englobed like all the MMA federation and become like uh, the kind of uh, here, the federal government, uh, uh, like, uh, 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 like federation and uh, now you can only compete in Figma because like uh, uh, in terms of insurance, in terms of like uh, safety, all the protocols, medicals, etc. is the only way you can compete. And after pro, it's different. Like it's a private organization who have to relate to the Federation. So I was like, uh, like IMAF is huge uh, everywhere. Uh, like. Uh, just i think uh, australia now we have we have achieved an incredible res result like uh, in the one year one year ago more uh, i don't know I don't remember but uh, we won uh, uh, as a team uh, uh, the oceania championship of course was in gold coast so we have kind of uh, we was playing at home so we can bring a lot of fighters but uh, uh, one thing i can tell you uh, Australian athletes are f exceptional. Like uh, sport in Australia, it's something like uh, uh, really in the blood. 
you can see the Olympics now and you can like one thing I was surprised like in Italy I have to push my athletes so much harder than in Australia this is why I find it easier here but uh, like in Australia uh, sport is something in the blood rugby and all of these you know and uh, I find like Australia is already by in the future it's gonna be like one of the dominant country in the UFC uh, because like just the way people are 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 uh, are growing you know always in the sport always uh, activity and you know the standard of life is is pretty good as well so that's helped as well apart from the fact that we're locked out from everyone else right now yeah. um, but i mean but, look but we're, before we're, that we was doing good yeah, yeah. i mean we we're, we're doing for good that. you know i mean if you look at oceana yeah. we we got easy we got alex we got rob Whitaker, we got janae we got arlene like we, we've got some real big contenders in the MMA yeah. space. Um, yeah. With with IMAF though, is it that anyone can join IMAF? Like, what what what's yeah. the deal with it? Like, so, if 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 I've got a child and and you know I want to get him into MMA, can they just so or is there we, like a tryout process or how how does it all work? So from probably 2022 because now this year is gone, we are gonna gonna launch the. A progression program the youth progression program and uh, will just be a, a trial for 10 gyms so it's going to be some kind of uh, like a, a general trial to see uh, where we can improve the program uh, where we can uh, make things better and from there i think it will just explode because i seen that in italy uh, as well like i was uh, one of the coaches of the italian team like my team for two years was uh, uh, because we have a ranking uh, in Italy and I uh, was ranked number one in Italy uh, in terms of points, results, etc. And uh, I think, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's mainly, you know, even for a parents, like just sometimes you don't know this coach, uh, who it is or what is his credential, like having some sort of safety and say as well, like, uh, even the coaches, they need to do the 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 coach uh, course of IMAF. So it's all like more structured, you know, how it should be. Like in other sports are, are the same, you know. And, and, and with the IMAF as well, like once once you go to, uh, as you said, I think the last one was in March of last year, um, the one up at the Gold yeah, Coast. Yeah, exactly. Um, so is that kind of like, say someone wins the gold at at. at the ocean yeah. or whatever what's the next step from there is that a time for them to start then going okay well you've got the gold time yeah. to now turn so, pro and 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 look at the bigger organization or is there a next step after that no so uh, actually we work in uh, as a federation for the founding and uh, we found the we're gonna find the athletes to go to the world championship with the main competition a lot of world champion in imaf like jack shore uh, uh, he's undefeated amateur and he was a world champion uh, uh, and so many others are coming from IMF and you're gonna see in the future it's just gonna be most of most common to even uh, Moakayev. Moakayev, he was 29 and 0 amateur world champion IMF now it's in brave fighting he's 5 and 0 6 and 0 something like that and uh, it's just gonna be some common the common path like uh, uh, some um, IMF fights, uh, some fighters are, I'm telling you, like, uh, 
their level is uh, higher than some pro, you know, but they're two different things. I think uh, some athletes, they need to have like big process and working pro. The age is important as well, because if you come to MMA, you want to compete, you're 25 years old, almost makes more sense to do one amateur fight and go pro because, you know, you need to uh, look at the age sides too, you know, of the sport. It's not, uh, it's an determinant factor as well. So, yeah, I think uh, more and more in the future, we're going to see I'm of athletes uh, uh, being in the biggest organization and, uh, and, uh, and coming from there, from that transition. So youth uh, uh, progression program, IMAF, international national competition and pro. Nice. And, and as the head coach, I guess as well, when, when these, uh, I'll say, I won't just say kids, but kids, youth or, or fighters in general turn up to these tryouts as the head coach, yeah. if I was to say, what are the three qualities that you look out for? Like we, the, and I know that there's probably five or six that you can, but like, if, if you had to nut it down to three, what, what is it that you look for in a fighter or an athlete? Uh, for- for sure, uh, the commitment, like uh, being really committed to the cause and like, uh, because at the end of the day, it's always, always about statistics. More time you dedicated and, uh, and uh, you know, if you put six hours per day in a long term, going to make big difference than someone who put like one hour per day. That's an effect. And uh, of course, uh, like uh, uh, ability. So like, the talent who works hard and uh, and training hard is is a champion, you know. It's uh, another things, and uh, I think uh, the drive as well. The third one is the most important. So the reason why he's doing that, why he have decided to uh, come to the sport, and uh, the drive is what's gonna the day when you are in the cage, the door is locked and you have your corner, etc. And a lot of things are going in your mind that you need to remember why you decide to do that, you know, and, and step in that cage. And how important is that why? Because I hear a lot of coaches always talk about like, find your why. You need to, you need to know your why. To yeah. you, how, how, how important is, is the why to, to an athlete? I think uh, it's important uh, uh, like everyone thinks uh, you need to have a crazy why, like, oh, I want to, no, like uh, being happy is a big why, you know, being uh, uh, comfortable, uh, feeling uh, like, uh, um, like getting your confidence through the sport. This is our, looks like small why, because it's just cool to say, oh, my why is I want to be the best in the world. Have nothing like have the same exactly value and purpose, you know, some person for him feel comfortable uh, to walk in a room and, and, uh, and uh, feel uh, uh, himself and things like that are a bigger achievement than any belt, you know. So uh, I think it's important. And I always say this to my students, like having a small goals and a big goals. So the small goals is what like motivate you every day. And the big goals is uh, what are you gonna achieve when you uh, when you get these small goals uh, uh, tick in your book, you know. And uh, I think uh, you know it's really important. Sometimes, like I'm, I'm, I'm really, 
I dedicate all myself in this sport. Like I, uh, you know, we we have a small chat before we start our conversation. You told me if we want to talk about even of private things, uh, things like that. And as a coach, I think it's open. It's uh, uh, important being open and talk about your personal experience because, like, when someone have went through some things, he can explain you how to work your way out and things like that. You know, and. Um, uh, I think I dedicate uh, all my life on the sport. Like I start, my dad was a martial artist, my brother, I grew up in a family what martial art was uh, like the bread, you know, was uh, what you, what I was destined for, you know. And uh, I was never talented at all, you know. And I think this is one of the reasons I become a good coach because I have to find the analytic and the technical way to achieve some result where maybe the talent athlete, you know, can achieve uh, his way. So I started competing in the traditional karate because it was my dad's sport. But uh, once we turned to the sports karate, Olympic karate, I didn't really like it. And uh, my area in Northern Italy, it's really well known for, for some of the greatest boxer in Italy. It's a really old school, traditional boxing and uh, we have amateur with two, three hundred fights, like walking everywhere. It's like something normal. It's like saying soccer in other area of Italy. So I went to a boxing gym and when I went to a boxing gym and I really grew up like uh, doing <laughs> boxing the toughest way, you know, like where you spar almost every session, you ask yourself why I'm doing that and like was bringing you mentally sometimes you say like really why am I doing this like and and you understand you need that to keep yourself there you know and be uh, uh, be attached on the things around you to keep uh, you focused because this is what we need we need passion we need to be surrounded by passion and that's my biggest I think quality is uh, the love for the sport and uh, and uh, yeah from there I I was lucky to have uh, one of the most uh, famous uh, uh, kickboxing Muay Thai gym, who is the gym of Giorgio Petrosian, who is the one championship champion and some say the best kickboxer ever. And uh, 16, 17 years old, I was getting my ass whooped uh, <laughs> through uh, the best kickboxer ever. And <laughs> still there, I was saying to myself, why I'm doing that? And uh, and I was like, feeling was a reason. And, uh, and uh, yeah, this is where I actually, 16, 17, I, I've, I always was driving like, what's happened if someone kick? What's happened if someone take me down? So I fall in love with jiu-jitsu wrestling. And uh, it's actually, even if I, I'm born as a striker, it's where I'm the most like, uh, it's my favorite area. It's wrestling and, and, uh, and uh, grappling. And uh, from there, like I was trying to put the piece together and I just understand like, this is not working, like still it's missing a lot. So I packed my bag, I went living in Brazil and I was training in Novo Nhao uh, and with De La Riva. From there, I still was like, okay, that's MMA. I understand now, this is what we're talking about, but still I can have more. So I moved to California. And I start training in Sacramento, Tima Fomel, and here I am now in Australia, you know. <laughs>
Perfect, perfect. Well, you, I, I literally reached out. Uh, I think it was yesterday to to see if people wanted some questions answered, and 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 you literally yeah. just answered a couple of them um, already. Um, I guess uh, I'll, I'll throw a couple of more on you. One one popular question that's come through multiple times is if and when we'll actually see you compete again like i know you're very busy with the coaching side of things but i, yeah. I literally multiple times people have written in uh when are we going to see you fight again and and i guess my question to that is are we, if uh, are we even going to see you fight again and if so when so uh my feelings have changed multiple time about that you know some point in italy uh, the mma scene and the mma pages was really uh, pushing a lot uh, through me and I felt uh, uh, at some point I, I, I have done MMA because I, I loved uh, the sport like with everything and at some point like I felt almost I was doing that for other people than for myself and I kind of uh, find like, find like uh, I almost quit when I was doing the best you know and uh, like uh, look my friend I think uh, Every fighter have one fight left. So I think uh, I have one fight left. And uh, I don't know when, where. Now I'm really focused on, on, on coaching, but I have one fight left for sure. Yeah. So it's uh, in, in the future, uh, I, I'm sure uh, the destiny and, and everything will put me in, in, in some spot and I... I think uh, I have something to say still, but just for myself, you know, not anymore for anyone else. Just something for me to to not proving anything, anyone, just uh, to be myself. Nice, nice. Another question that was asked, which I guess, um, what made you choose the, the discipline? I assume by discipline, they mean MMA. Um, I guess you kind of already answered that, that you came up from a family of um, uh, martial artists. Uh, but the, the yeah. second part of that question is, what is your everyday motivation? So my everyday motivation is uh, uh, I'm here and I... Uh, 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 I didn't uh, like the, I, I didn't do not 10% of what I have in my head. Like uh, my, my, my motivation every day are my people, are uh, my team and uh, are uh, the young guy who come in the gym. Like I actually, during the lockdown, I have one guy who reach me and say, coach, look, I'm struggling a lot during this period. And uh, I'm not, uh, uh, Scared to say, during the lockdown, I was driving out of my area because uh, I I will always look after my people. This is the reason why I'm able to look after myself because a coach have to be that. He needs first to, he's gonna find the happiness being almost a shadow, like in the win, you know? No one talks about that, but it's a lot of great coaches in Australia and not only, and it's a lot of great coaches who, like me, they almost like, uh, I like to be a shadow and I like to uh, see my student achieve. I almost uh, uh, have, uh, uh, I, I get the goosebumps. I almost, you feel you're gonna, you achieve something great, but um, I think uh, that's my goal. That's that's my, my everyday motivation. It's uh, seeing these people being able to get through some hard moments and, and I feel grateful 
to being able to be a part and help them to get out uh, out from from some circumstance and situation. Another question that's come up is how do you feel about, and I guess this is more directed to the pro athletes, but the uh, pro athletes um, associating now with, I guess, on one token, the THC and also the CBD products, because I know probably in yesteryear, um, you know, it was frowned upon uh, quite, yeah. quite easily, where now you see a lot of these UFC fighters and stuff like that, They, uh, I, I guess that's what they mean by it. Um, that they they're either sponsored by certain. I mean, look, yeah. Make no mistake, Diaz has always been out there. He, he yeah. but I I think now that the laws have changed, especially in the US, um, a lot more athletes are heading down that path. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, like uh, we uh, we are uh, able to uh, to get to a scientific proof and. Uh, analyze things scientifically with documents etc we clearly see you have the benefit uh, in term like you know after a session or before or, or things so i'm not against uh, you know uh, I, I actually think uh, if something can uh, you know um, help you as an athlete in term like of these substances like uh, i'm i never in my life uh, like sounds weird like i'm 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 not against but I, I don't smoke, uh, I never smoke a cigarette in my life, I don't drink, um, just because like, uh, not because I'm against, because I like, don't find I need it, you know? And uh, so I'm really against like uh, people who are using uh, any type of drugs, like uh, heavy drugs, like testosterone or whatever. In my opinion, you know, what's the problem? At the end of the day, you know what you have done. And uh, once like, the fighting mentality is really complicated and once you cheat in your brain you know you're cheating and you pay the things that's it it's incredible but cbd is natural it's uh, it's proven it's healthy for a fighter for recovery so i'm for me it's approved you know i think uh, it's it's it's, it's and what the, about, the right what, thing and what about one step further i guess from the cbd the the smoking because obviously we all look at smoking as a bad thing but then yeah now you've got these pro athletes and they're smoking yeah. the weed right and once again not here in look australia because the the laws are still not uh, yeah like we'll make that clear the laws are different here but like when you see a lot of these uh fighters over in the states um as a recovery process they're smoking which yeah look i think uh, uh is nothing bad about uh, is uh uh, like you know, we still have some topics uh, like uh, uh, to to clean out, and uh, I think marijuana is one of them. Like actually, like as I say, I like to look at the studies and 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 see what the scientific things tell me and what they prove me. Uh, I think you always need to understand. Uh, like I have athletes who they smoke, no. And uh, but during the camp and during the fight, they don't smoke because they don't like the feeling of, of feel like that. Some athletes they like to go in a sparring session and like feel like more relaxed, etc. In America, I was uh, shocked and surprised when I was in California. And for me, it was the sparring day, and uh, in front of the gym, like everyone was smoking. I said, What the hell? Like, <laughs> so are we sparring or are we smoking? So I feel like. Uh, uh, yeah, it's you need to not ever do what 
uh, everyone does just you know because of yeah. habit but uh, feel like what is your mind and your body uh, telling you you know so if you feel good go for it. you know if you feel like ah oh, my performance i have some of my friends uh, even in Italy, my fighters, they told me, oh, I feel great sparring and be kind of more chill. But other told me like, man, like I, ca- I feel like I can't react how I react properly. You know, one thing I will tell you is if you, for example, CBD is legal, but THC, uh, uh, like you get tested in UFC. Always one thing I say is, if you go competing, you try to reproduce everything you're gonna uh, do of the day of the fight. So, in that case, because it's illegal, and in my opinion, it's stupid, but uh, uh, you should always play on that rule we said before, you know, and uh, reproduce every circumstance for the day of the fight and how you're gonna fight, etc. No, it's no. funny. And I mean, look, Janae, actually speaking of one of your af- athletes, yeah, she's yeah. very open about it, right? She's very open yeah, that uh, she she supports that cause. And and I guess yeah. the other funny one is um, in the States now, they've literally got, a, I think it's called High Rollers BJJ, where um, yeah. it's, it's a competition where part of that competition is that they actually have to smoke before they get on the mats. And, and yeah, I think, yeah, I think yeah, even yeah. the prize then is, is a, is a bag and stuff. It's, so as I said, the world is changing in that case. Um, exactly. Got, and hopefully, hopefully adapt on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got another question here that says, what are the future plans for MMA, uh, family fight team? And, uh, what, what, what future goals do you have for that team? So, as I said to you, like I've done like not even 10% what I have in my mind and MMA 15, like I say, always is not an MMA team is a family. This is the reason why it's called like that. And uh, we are a group of people who are really motivated and uh, really respectful of, like I try as well, like, um, you know, if you want your athletes to perform and be a professional athlete, you need to treat him like professional. You know, the point is, I don't like, uh, 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 like if you uh, want to be a professional in that sport, you can't lose your time in other things. And I think the part, the part of the team, it's fundamental because if your team recreated an environment of uh, solid work ethic, uh, uh, training hard and everything, you're going to feel comfortable and you're going to join the team. If not, you're going to feel okay. Because uh, this is what I was saying to you about the primitive instinct, etc., which is fundamental. Like go in the gym, right? And... Uh, when a, a kid who is a little bit troublemaker, etc., go in the gym where he doesn't have a lot of competition, he almost become worse than what he uh, was when he joined the gym. But seeing the gym where it's kind of uh, levels, right? And he come in and maybe he's becoming a good athlete because this sport is it's hard because it's really um, sometimes intimate because like when you get dominate, in front of your family and you lose the fight like it's it's one of the worst feeling not only for the fighter but for all the team you know so when you go compete like it's almost you feel like in the animal world like you try to test the better athlete than you you can't find your way and it's you almost feel that kind of standards and level things up in the gym you know where you already know who is 
one level who is another and you're gonna see these young athletes try to beat the strong guy you know and this guy now have one choice or become better and training and get stimulated from that or accept the fact okay he's better than me and now he's there and that's the interesting part so the mma 50 is a family so everyone who wants to be part of my door is open to everyone. I don't care about the background. I don't care about religion. I don't care what someone have done in the past because everyone can make a mistake. But being a man, it's been able like uh, to uh, fix your mistakes and you know go through. Of course, there's some limits, you know. But uh, uh, this is my first uh, things I want to say to 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 the people out there, like. Uh, Everyone can make a mistake. Sometimes I was kind of guy, I make some mistake in my life and I felt like, because I'm really hard to myself, I felt like, oh, like, no, I don't uh, deserve to, to that, you know? I almost tried to sabotage myself because I, I was like, uh, uh, you know, getting in this mindset, but everyone make a mistake. But we need help, we need people, we need the sport to, to, to get better. The future, uh, the future of MMA 15 is an amazing future. I, I almost, one thing I can tell you, feel some, some great things. You know, when you feel something like, I think we have bring something different in the Australian scene. And I think you can feel that. And I personally feel like something great is happening, but uh, it's going to explode. Uh, soon and uh, we working a lot with grappling education as well it's our keller uh, is one of the best grappling in australia and uh, uh, we are active in ufc gym and at grappling education and for the no gi grappling education there are absolutely animals and uh, uh, i think i seen often a lot of mma fighters from other gym coming there and even myself who knows me Sunday, Saturday, etc. I'm following my fighters. We have some sparring uh, in uh, Penrith. I'm gonna take my car at 6 a.m. At 7 a.m. We're gonna go there, and uh, uh, I'm happy to help everyone because I think uh, the topic of like being too close in that sport uh, it's not a good thing. You know, if an athlete is loyal, is loyal to you for the value and what you represent for him. But uh, for example, uh, Janay and, uh, and uh, other athletes have competed in the past. And for me, as a coach, is a stupid things. Don't let her spar or training with them, you know, because it's just gonna not work for her personal growth. So I need to do what is the best for them. My ego doesn't make sense. And uh, ego usually doesn't make you uh, make the right decision. So. As they always say, leave the ego as you walk through the door. Um, I, I do really appreciate you saying, though, um, you know, giving people second chances on making mistakes because I sometimes I, I've seen it as well where people like go go the wrong path for a minute, um, and because yeah. of that, people don't want to give them a chance, and then it's it's like a cycle, right? If you're not willing to give them a yeah. chance, they're just going to continue down the wrong path, and 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 I think you know more people need to take that kind of approach that. You kind of say like, yep, we all make mistakes, um, you know, but you can always right those wrongs. So um, I yeah. do really appreciate that. Now, I wasn't really going to ask this question, but um, 
because I'm a coffee lover. Um, I don't know if you are, if you drink uh, tea or coffee, but um, I've also I'm been, Italian, so yeah. Know. So I, I, I've been I've been asked to ask you, um, what coffee do you drink? The best coffee. I think this is some of my students uh, probably because. I have to say something. I changed a little bit when I came to Australia. I was so traditional, like espresso and things like that. But I have to be honest, usually I'm ordering always a soya cappuccino with one sugar. And uh, my students are making fun of me, but uh, you know, I'm getting old, so I'm getting a little bit more soft, but uh, yeah. That's See, I, my choice. I was kind of the same. I, I used to have the sugars, then I switched it up to a mocha because I thought put a little bit of cocoa in there instead of the sugar. Yeah. Uh, but recently yeah. I've flipped it up again. I'm now a dirty chai kind of guy. So, oh. yeah, so I do the dirty chai. But look, um, I mean, look, I've, I've got a list of things that I still want to talk to you about. But as I said, like we, we are like over time um, and this, this is perfect for me because it means that uh, I can get you in again, um, hopefully after sure. uh, after next month, and we can actually sit down and have a proper conversation. Um, I do want to kind of finish it off, though. What I normally do, and I haven't done this in a while, is to get, and especially because I know that you do watch MMA, so you definitely have some opinions, but I'd like to just rattle off a couple of fights and get your kind of, uh, I guess, your your pick on them. So the first one, obviously, is next weekend. We have Alex Volkanovski um, defending his title for Brian Ortega. How do you feel that one's going to go, and and who do you think is... Do you think it's going to be and new, or do you think and still? And still, for sure. For uh, uh, the reason... I've, I've trained with Alex, and uh, we're really good friends, and uh, it's such an amazing athlete and person, dad and father. It's just like his mindset in another level. Like everyone see his fight. What I've seen, for example, his last fight, seen when he walks in the cage, he's in his world. That's his uh, cage, is his planet and uh, and still for sure. Perfect. Um, another fight that's, I think it's on the same card and they've dubbed it as 17 years in the making. Um, is Nick Diaz versus Robbie Loyler too? How do you see that one going? Do you do you think that Nick and has been sitting on the sideline this whole time, or do you think he's been training? How do you feel this, that fight's going to go down? Look, it's always interesting. A rematch we've seen like uh, always uh, uh, lately. Some upset all the time. You know, seen for example the first uh, rematch, Connor with uh, with Poyer. I think with the time fighters completely change, but. Uh, I think uh, Diaz uh, have this one, yeah, again. Perfect. Um, uh, and then I, I, I guess you're going to stick with your countrymen here, but uh, Martin Vittori right now, he's been um, slated yeah. up against Paula Costa. Um, how, do you, yeah. how do you see that fight? I think uh, Marvin will finish him. Uh, and uh, I think uh, his cardio, his motivation and, and uh, his growth uh, as an athlete and uh, not because uh, uh, is uh, it's from my country, but uh, I think as a fan, it's one fight I can't wait to watch. I think it's gonna be explosive. It's gonna be uh, probably they are the two biggest of uh, their weight division. The one who cuts the most. I know Papa Costa is uh, one thirteen and Marvin is one twelve. Uh, no, two uh, sorry, two thirteen and two twelve. Marvin out of competition, so. Uh, I think Marvin will finish him. The guy is just another uh, another mindset. Is uh, 
it's uh, it's his win. All right, and then I mean, I, I kind of feel like we've got a few rematches coming up. Um, obviously, uh, Thug uh, Thug Rose, uh, Rose Namunas uh, versus yeah. Wei Lee. They're they're going the second time around. Uh, do you do you feel like the first fight was was a bit of luck on Rose's side, or or, or do you feel like she's going to be able to do it again? No, no, no. I think she's able to do it again. Like uh, uh, actually, when we talk about. Uh, how important is the mindset and how things can change if you are in the right spot mentally. She looked incredibly mentally uh, the last fight in the zone and ready to go. So I think it uh, will be a great fight. I'm not saying it will be easy, but I think Rose will get there. All right. And then we got two more. So uh, Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. How do you see that one? Uh, that's... Uh, that's uh, 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 Justin Gaethje looks like he really don't like her old Chandler and uh, I get why because you know he should have been in that spot for for the title and everything but uh, uh, that's an interesting one I want to see where the wrestling gonna play about because we always seen that when two wrestlers are facing each other they almost don't want to spend energy on the wrestling side because they know it's gonna be hard so this is what you see in the striking. Uh, and uh, I can tell, like, uh, I really like uh, the striking and the work they do down in Stanford uh, MMA. And uh, another fight I need to say I'm really waiting for is the Martin Nguyen fight. Martin is, for me, my brother. And uh, it's uh, one of my MMA uh, training partner when he's here lately. I put some weight on and I'm not training a lot, but uh, before we was training together every day. And I just think Martin, what he went through is his fight went canceled two, three times for COVID and he was there. And I think uh, this is one fight I can wait to see. Between them, but still I think Gaethje have this assassin hit. So slightly more for Gaethje, yeah. Perfect. And look, I, I did want to talk about Martin today too, but I guess that'll we'll leave that for the next time you come on. Um, and then the last one that I'll, I'll, I'll get you to give me a pick on, and, and it's one that I'm actually really looking forward to, is the rematch between uh, Usman and Colby Covington. I, I really like Colby. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it's the most... Uh, like uh, like hated athlete probably right now, but I, I I love the guy. You can I don't know I I think you can clearly tell he's playing the part of that character. Uh, doesn't look he's him, and stylistically I I love uh, his style so much. It's a hard fight, but I'm going for Kobe. Yeah. Nice, nice, and I totally agree. I mean, look, everyone knows it's a bit of an act now. Um, yeah, you know, and, is, and, and, and to a point, like, I understand why he started with the act and, you know, like, it gave him the name. But now that he's got the name, I kind of go, look, man, he, yeah, he's a great – I mean, his work, his work rate is unbelievable. Like, his work rate is, is, is unbelievable. So it would be interesting, and especially as you mentioned in the, in the past pick as well, it's, once again, the two wrestlers – Right, and they don't really want to exactly. get into that wrestle exchange, and 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 so it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens there. The last fight, they just stand on the feet and bang. So probably, I think uh, it's good. I I think it's gonna be interesting. But uh, and Kobe is young, so it's uh, it's 
it's an amazing athlete, like both of them. Like Usman, we don't even need to say anything. He proved himself and everything. But I think Kobe can get the W. Well, yeah, I mean... You know, a couple more wins for Usman, he he could maybe knock off GSP as being the greatest in that division, right? So probably, it's like he, he he's very close to that. So you definitely can't have anything bad. Yeah. But look, on on that note, man, we, we'll we'll definitely wrap it up now. Um, for people that uh, obviously want to reach out to you, um, whether it's to learn more about IMath, whether it's to learn more about your your family fight team, um, what what what's kind of the best way for people to reach out to you? So they can reach me at, uh, look at my Instagram page, Renato Subotic, or at my fighting team page, MMA FFT. And I just want to say, not only for the people of my team, but uh, for everyone who is uh, uh, listening to your podcast and our interview, and mainly for the young athletes, my door is always open. Even if you struggle financially and things like that, I want to make this clear like uh, a financial limitation and money should be in a limit for a talent or for a passion or for for that. So my door is always open. I'm going to reply to anyone who wants to reach me out and uh, we're going to find a way. Actually, even the session in, in the UFC gym and in grappling education, uh, if they reach me, are some sessions are completely free, a lot of them. So everyone can can uh, can come training, you know, and even after all this lockdown and all this craziness, uh, you know, we need to 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 get back to normal and be normal humans as soon as possible. <laughs> well, on that note, we'll we'll give it a finish. I, I can't thank you enough. Um, it, it, this this lockdown has, I guess, driven everyone a little crazy. I mean. Uh, I don't know if you can see it too badly now. I'm, I'm glad I'm wearing a hat because I think everyone is, is is really waiting for the hairdressers to open again as well. Um, but look, I did you. myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm not that talented. Um, but look, uh, I, I really do appreciate your time. As I said, there was definitely uh, plenty of uh, subjects on the board that I still wanted to cover with you. So um, uh, I definitely want to get you in once the lockdown's finished and we can have a, a, a real sit down. Um, thank For you sure. again. I hope to hear some fight news soon, whether it is from Janae or yourself or whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk again soon. And until then, uh, take it easy. I'm the way, I'm the way, way.